lot of devils. Ephesians chapter number one is where I'd like to direct your attention. We have service here um, on Tuesday, our midweek service, and then Brother Cody Marks will be preaching here next Sunday. And have a great time with Brother Marks. Um, I understand that there was, had a great service with Brother Drost. Incredible man of God. Love and appreciate him so very, very much. Thankful that he was able to be with us. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 17. That the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, when it says, may give you the spirit, that is not talking about in addition to the Holy Ghost. That is talking about, I believe, a dimension, a characteristic, an operation of the Holy Ghost. This letter was written to a church that was already baptized in Jesus' name, according to Acts chapter 19, verses one through six is where the Ephesian church began. But he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's talking about disclosing, God disclosing himself to an individual. Verse number 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I want to talk to us for a few moments about the eyes of your understanding. We praise the Lord a whole bunch around here today. We've magnified his name, but now is the most important part of the service, the word of God. Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray together in faith and in expectation. God, we love you. We praise you. You put this congregation together with the power of your own hands. We pray now that you will afford us, grant us, give us a receptivity, an understanding by the authority of the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated this afternoon. If I had to give a theological definition of this phrase, the eyes of your understanding, my definition, a theological definition, would be something like this. A God-enhanced and given faculty. It is a faculty. This is where comprehension, vision, revelation, supernatural understanding is given to an individual. You see, an apostolic church is different from different human mediums and denominational settings because we have the author and the finisher within us. And so that gives us an ability or a faculty to comprehend on a level That is supernatural. 
think about that a little bit. It is the necessary, listen to this, it is the necessary faculty that is needed for an individual to connect the dots that facilitates growth, development, progress, and maturity. It is impossible to get there without a supernatural faculty. I have, through the years, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of different people in a lot of different settings, and I've had a lot of people tell me in the midst of a Bible study, oh, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. Perhaps you've had similar responses in the midst of, of a Bible study. I would like to translate that for them. They don't really mean I don't believe that. What they're really saying is I don't understand that. Anybody that can see Jesus' name baptism over and over and over and still look at you and say, I just don't believe that, they're, they're, there's something else going on there. Somebody that can look at one God over and over and over and then still stick to the doctrine of the Trinity. There's something, there's human, the, the activity of, of, of human will, self-will is, is, is there. Because this faculty, when somebody is, is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is a God-given faculty that you can connect the dots from Jesus' name, baptism, to one God, to separation from the world, to holiness unto God. Somebody lift your voice and give him praise. You have got to have the operation of the opening of your eyes. And God is no respecter of persons. God grants this. God gives this to people. He gives it to everybody that is born again of water and spirit. Hallelujah. When looking at this particular passage of Scripture, this word understanding is incredibly important. A majority of English translations, modern biblical translations, have not translated that word understanding. They translated it heart. They did not translate that understanding. They translated that heart. So that the scripture would say, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I'm not going to give us a Bible study on textual criticism and interpretational hermeneutics. But I am going to say that there is something to be said about that in modern translations because the human heart is the place where this divine, for lack of a better term, this divine enablement, this, this, this faculty, this empowerment takes place. That you can be sitting here today and in the course of why I'm preaching and teaching this, you can conduct, you, your heart can actually become the recipient of a revelation from another world. A, ladies and gentlemen, that is what I'm doing in this almost 40 years later is I was not wowed by the fact that it said Pentecost over the door. I was not wowed by the fact that these was a generational situation. But I had an operation take place in my life that transported me into another world where I saw things and I felt things and dots were connected that mesmerized me where it went beyond a regular organization and went beyond just Pentecost and went into another world. Clap your hands and give God the praise. You've got that faculty. You've got it alive, but you have to want it. You have to want it. When people 
you know, say they, they pick up on a characteristic of us, us being Pentecostal and us being apostolic. And sometimes in our human nature, we can somehow and sometimes, and I do it too. I don't always feel like jumping and shouting. About 1% of the time, I don't feel like it. But when people pick up one little apostolic or Pentecostal characteristic, sometimes they have not connected the dot of the true genuine purpose of that. It's not so we can go through some denominational calisthenic or some religious practice or some fake everybody out like I'm just doing this and I don't really mean it. Sometimes you got to understand that I am doing this. It's me and God are in this all by ourselves. And he has showed me something. He has spoken something to me. He has revealed something to me. And it's not just some operation that's religious. It is an operation of thanksgiving and power under the Almighty. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. The other word in this phraseology that is incredibly interesting to us is the word enlightened. The Enlightenment is a very famous historical period of time that existed in the Middle Ages. That's not what this is talking about. The eyes of your heart or understanding being enlightened. The word enlightened here means to shine, to brighten, to illuminate, to make to see, to make, to see. It is, as I've already mentioned, it is the God-given ability to connect dots that are concrete, that are supernatural, that is reality. Reality is not this room. That's only one dimension of reality. The genuine reality in which the church of the living God is operating is not on the denigration and, and the rapid uh, de-evolvement of our culture. You have congregations that are doing that. You have denominations that are, everything is response-oriented according to culture. That was never the purpose of the apostolic church. The purpose of the apostolic church is to manifest the invisible God in every era, in every decade, in every chapter of human history. God would remain the same, that you must repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And now you are the recipient of a supernatural faculty. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Let's look at some examples of this enlightenment. Psalm 119 and verse number 18. The psalmist David said, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Isn't it amazing? I wish it happened to me a little more often, but isn't it amazing that you can be reading the word of God and all of a sudden this operation that I'm talking about here in the book of Ephesians begins to operate and you look through words on a page and you begin to see a reality and a dimension from another world. Has that ever happened to anybody here today? I preach and believe that that is a vital characteristic of a healthy apostolic person. People will be filling stadiums, mega churches, all looking to hear some word to help them cope with a culture that's going down the drain. But God is sending out a beam every single moment of every single day looking for somebody to pick up and be a receptor. 
Maybe to somebody here today, there's a message that the Spirit of God, if I can get in alignment with God, God will use this as a medium to send you a message. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's renewing. Maybe it's regeneration. Maybe it's restoration. Maybe it's empowerment. Maybe it's a word Maybe that's prophetical. Supernatural ministry is a supernatural phenomena in which a man of God postures himself and God uses him as the matrix for the supernatural. Clap your hand to give God the praise. This is not intended to be average. Cornerstone was never intended to be average. We were never intended to fit in. We were never intended to be, oh, that's just the way Pentecostals do. No, my friend, this is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Clap your hands and lift your voice and give him praise. Open thou mine eyes so it's not just another book. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 30. This is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ amongst his disciples. And it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. Luke is the only one to pick up this incredible spiritual nuance. Being the physician and being a man given to great detail and observation, they picked up on the fact that this guest at the table that day blessed the bread, and broke it is none other than a risen Savior. And their eyes were open because the closer you get to Jesus, the more this operation works. And their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. He was not there physically, but he was there spiritually every single week we gather together begins with prayer following the blueprint of true apostolic methodology we begin every service with prayer that is where we prepare for this faculty to be an operation I can't tell you how many times, even as an evangelist, I'd slip into the back of a church and nobody knew me. It was in another state. It was a different congregation. Maybe I only knew one person there or nobody there. But as the man of God got in that, in that, in that divine place where he begins to fit himself by the unction and leave self-will and leave self-preference and leaves his opinion and now he's in that place and now all of a sudden out of that whole building God is talking to me and God is addressing my situation and God knows my name and God knows where I'm at. There's somebody here today that God can go through your family. God can go into the weeds. God can get into your situation and minister you into you in a room full of people and nobody even know where you're at let's clap our hands and thank God for that it is a supernatural faculty of the Holy Ghost and without that operating in your life you're going to think that we're just a bunch of excited country bumpkins that couldn't make it in the real world Honey, I have never lowered my opinion of what it means to be genuinely apostolic. They are people from another world that live on another plane and have the potentiality to plug into another dimension. Clap your hands and lift your voice and give God the praise. vanished he became present spiritually but not there physically but that was a precursor to what he said later on in this chapter Luke chapter 24 and verse number 44 said this 
He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then, ladies and gentlemen, if God does not do this, you're going to have a hard time enjoying this. You're going to have a hard time being fascinated and mesmerized with this. The apostolic church does not need pinwheels and all these kind of things to make it uh, uh, applicable to the world. The thing that makes us attractive to the world is when people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God is talking to me. You have not that any man should teach you, for you have an unction. You have an unction to function. Then opened he their understanding. That they might understand the scriptures. They were clueless about Jesus fulfilling all of the prophetical writings of Moses. They were clueless of Jesus fulfilling all the prophetical writings of the major and minor prophets. They were clueless that Jesus fulfilled dispensational truth, covenantial truth, that he was the fulfillment of the sacrificial system. They were clueless. They just knew him to be the son of God. But until Jesus was able to Nothing was different. Just church. Just old Joe. Just old sister so-and-so. Just old brother so-and-so. Just same people, same issues, same problems. This is the faculty that elevates you from your social security number to a name that's written on an eternal record. Let's lift our hands and praise him right now. Let's pursue this today. I don't want to just come to church today. I want God to talk to me today. I don't want to just sit in a room full of, full of people and, and, and go through the motions and act some part by some script that somebody else wrote. I, I, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to know what God wants me to know. I, I want what God's got for me. I want everything that God has for me. That only happens through the faculty. Well, pastor, I'm not a pastor, so that just can't work for me. Please stop. Please stop. If you want this, oh, let's lift our hands. God, I'm praying you'll open up the windows of heaven. And you will employ this faculty in every life where somebody gets a word, somebody gets a touch, somebody gets a revelation, somebody gets an understanding, some situation that's, that's dogging them and haunting them, that God would break it down in the heart of their spirit, and they say, I got my answer. It'll never be this way again. That is a supernatural phenomenon, deeply impregnated into the apostolic experience. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's not by some human committee, some human device, some caprice of man. It was by revelation. And God has that revelation for people sitting all over this congregation today. Let's lift our hands and say, God, I know what he's talking about, but it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while.
without Jesus opening their understanding, they would never had connected the dots that this was he that was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15. The very first prophecy in the Bible that pointed to Jesus. But he began to open their understanding. And they're now starting to comprehend what they're really all about. It's not just a fisherman, and it's not just the tax collector, and it's not just my next-door neighbor. And it's, this is big, it's huge, it's powerful. It's glorious. Why me and why you? I don't have all those answers, but here we are. And because Luke is not just the author of Luke, O Theophilus, but he was also the author of the book of Acts, that they overlapped. Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1 is one of the most fundamentally famous passages of Scripture that overlap historically and supernaturally. Because in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? You're kidding me. You guys have been with me for three years. You didn't understand that I'm here to establish an invisible kingdom, a supernatural kingdom. Jesus wasn't angry. Jesus wasn't impatient. Jesus wasn't rude. He just realized they need me on the inside. Let's go to the next verse. And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Luke, the physician, was the only one to pick up on this. And it's an amazing, when you get into some of these biographical personal studies of who the disciples were in terms of people, the content of their character and their, their self-discipline and their backgrounds and what they did for a living, it fell upon Luke to be able to take record because it was a physician. He understood prognosis. He understood diagnosis. He had a mind and an eye to take note of certain things, certain particular things. And so... When it came to the word sight, Matthew uses that word three times. Mark uses it two times. John uses it three times. But Luke uses the word sight 11 times. When it comes to the word healed, Matthew uses it 10 times. Mark six times. Luke uses it 16 times. John the Revelator only used it once. When it comes to the word understanding, Matthew used it once. Mark used it twice. And Luke used it three times. And so Luke had an acuity because of his occupation for detail. Which is why I believe God used him to tie the book of Luke into the book of Acts. The word of God has much to say about supernatural sight, understanding, and your eyes. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter number three. This is all familiar to us. Verse number five, we're talking about a dialogue that takes place between the adversary and a human being that has never known evil, has never known sin, And the serpent says, for God does know in the date that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. That's interesting. And when you consider Ephesians chapter 1, that phraseology appears to be idiomatic, which means it's an idiom, which means it actually represents an activity, something that happens, something that takes place in the human dimension. Of course, all of this was strange to Eve. She had no reference point 
for evil. She had no reference point of wanting to be a god. She's still learning what it means to be fully human and, and, and what it means to take dominion and what it means to take care of the garden, take care of her husband. She's still in that learning mode. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired, Satan was able to convince her that what I'm going to offer you is better than what God has promised you. In a day of social media and internet and all these images. We're living in a day of the crisis of the imagination where people's imaginations, fantasy, bondage takes place between the ears of people. Just one of the reasons why it's so difficult for some people to get free from internet pornography because it, it's, a, it's a stimulus. It stimulates, it's the only it's the only addiction known to man where the drug is already in a person. And all it takes is an image to begin to unleash that drug. But it's something that is seen. It's something that is imagined. It's something that's there. It's not reality. It's an image. It's, it's, it's in this secret chamber that, that God wants. And, and God wants to possess that faculty. And God wants to be there. So instead of seeing internet pornography and, and images that are, that are going to lead me astray, God can reveal revelation. And God can reveal understanding. And God can reveal who I am and who I can be in the kingdom of God. Satan wanted to possess that faculty. And so she saw the fruit. She ate. She gave to her husband. He did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. Many, many theologians believe that this is actually the birth of the human conscience. Shame, condemnation, guilt immediately followed. But there was an inner, there was something that happened on the inside of them. There was an awareness that I'm no longer covered with the glory I'm no longer right with God. They didn't know how to verbalize this or articulate any of this. This was a brand new experience, a very dark, negative experience. And so they tried to cover themselves. God doesn't fault them for that. I'm not faulting them for that. They were trying they couldn't get down deep enough. They didn't have the tool to get down deep enough where the problem was. And darkness covered the human soul. The single event that took place in the book of Genesis plunged the entirety of the human race into spiritual darkness and what the Bible calls. This is what the Bible calls this. This is not Pastor Mayo. This is not Sister Whitmire with her camera. I gotcha. Are you the one that's been taking, you and Brother Nick, the ones that have been taking all those great photos and Sister Bree? Y'all been doing a great job. Yeah, been doing a great job. The Bible calls this blindness. It calls this single act 
the instigator of supernatural blindness, the blindness of heart. It's articulated and expressed throughout the scriptures. And it does not address the spiritual powers that are at work. So that they don't understand, they cannot comprehend. We talked about the connecting of the dots. They cannot comprehend. And satanic agency is free to work, undetected, unchallenged, in an individual's life. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. How are they lost? In whom the God of this world has blinded. That's an interesting word. The word blinded there literally means like being in a smoke-filled room. It's hazy. It's, 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 it's not clear. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not something that is manifested. It's not something that is, that is a clear choice. It is something, it's murky. It's, it's there's smoke. Which is why when you come into an apostolic church, there should be no games. There should not be a service that we ever take off. Under the sound of my voice, there are people that need to be delivered from this darkness. There are people that are blind in their minds and in their hearts here today. I'm not ugly when I say that. I'm not being upset when I say that. I'm fighting against a foe and an adversary that has been at work against who you really are all the days of your life. And I have come into this place under the unction of an almighty God to rake away the darkness and rake away the smoke so you can see somebody clap your hands and give God the praise and shout with a voice of triumph when we gather here together on Sunday it's not for an attitude to be manifested it's not for some human mechanism and reflex it's for revelation In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If you think the world is cooler than the church, it's just because you don't have a revelation of who the church is. This is why... Pentecostals in this hour, those of you that have been around a long time, you have to guard against this notion that, that we, are just, we are just a brainless, mindless group of people. Honey, nobody in their right mind would see this for what it is and say, I ain't gonna, I, I want that and I ain't giving this up for nobody. That is a smart person. That is an intelligent person. That's a person that's connected the dots. That's a person that has a revelation. I am not ashamed of the people of God. I am not ashamed of the church of the living God. I am not ashamed of the faculty of how God operates among this timeless group of people. Clap your hands and give him praise. If you ever let the devil make you ashamed of what this is all about, listen to me, sir been a long time since you prayed where you connected some dots because when you connect those dots you're going to say I know it ain't perfect I know it can be ragged on the edges I know the pastor's going to run the aisles I know the music's going to go forever I know it's going to be loud I know people are going to get offended I know visitors don't understand it this ain't about visitors this ain't about anybody else this is understanding the connection of dots that we are from another world there's a God behind this My understanding has been opened. When your understanding is not opened, you're only seeing one side of this. 
And yet God wants to make it in 3D where it has dimension and it has, it has width and it has length and it has, it has depth. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. I'm almost done. Come on, it's somebody. It's time to come back to the table of revelation. There's room here for you. God's got your name on it. You're not just in a denomination. You're not just in some little weird group on the side of nowhere. This is from another world. Or maybe it's been a while. You see, the one human characteristic that will defend blindness more than anything is pride. P-R-I-D-E. Pride. This is why God hates a proud look. Because God knows where you're really at. And you're trying to make where you're at actually better than it really is. Instead of recognizing, God, I have no right to be here and I need you. And whatever you got for me today, I'm not going to resist it. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost here today. I don't know what you came to hear today, but I came to show you a revelation that'll blow you off your pew. But human pride, this is why God resists the proud. Pastor, I'm not getting anything. I don't feel anything. So we continue to perform because we don't know what else to do. I'll tell you what you do. Weep and howl and recognize that your miseries have come upon you. And God will have grace and lift you up. Come on, let's lift our hands and give God the praise. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing in this world that can come close to this. There ain't nothing. There's no, no human activity. There's no human achievement. There's no human position. There is nothing in this world that can come close to a person that has the faculty of revelation. Let's all clap our hands. Somebody give him praise. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I needed this today. Thank you, God. You needed to remind me that it's you that made me and not we ourselves. It's you that put me up here. It's you that's exalted me. It's you that's anointing me. God... And that's the thing that gets, if I could say it this way, it gets under God's skin. Because pride says, I'm okay. You've completely traded the supernatural definition of that. And you've replaced it with your definition of that. Go to Revelation chapter 3 real quick here. Let me show you how this is working in the end time church, church of Laodicea, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched. I don't feel wretched. Everything's fine. Everything's good. I'm not saying that God should place poverty on us. I'm not looking for that. But there's sometimes that God does that to save us from ourselves. Because without us recognizing our true condition and where we really are, we can't repent. I can't get right if I don't see myself in the light of reality. Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody. I don't want to pop your balloon, but you really ain't. Nobody. <laughs> and and let, me, let me pop my own balloon. Because, because 
I have a revelation that I can do nothing. After 29 years, this ain't because of my education. This ain't because of my connections. This is not because of a degree. This is because not because I'm an entrepreneur. This is not because I'm good with people. This is because a man has a faculty and he sees. But you got the same thing. Clap your hands and give God the praise. If you'll operate on it, you got the exact same thing. The only difference... is one has connected the dot. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. No, it's not. Now this is, you can, you can choose to believe, well, I'm doing okay. We got a couple cars. We got a place to live. I got money. I got, I got food. I got my Xbox or my PlayStation. That's your problem right there. Look at what God says. You're wretched. You're miserable. You are poor, blind. You are in the exact condition that Adam and Eve were in. They were blind and they were naked. Go to the next verse, please. I know it's not on my list. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and the shame of thy nakedness does not appear and anoint thine eyes with thy salve that thou mayest see. Next verse. And as many as I love, I tell you this because I love you. I don't do this to you because I'm against you. I do this to you because I want to spend eternity with you. Now go ahead and start repenting. And you're not repenting for a human being. You're not repenting for the pastor. You're not repenting for a movement. You're not even repenting for a church. You're repenting to Jesus. Go to the next verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. This is the only condition where Jesus was on the outside. We had learned to live for so long. Without Jesus. I will sup with him and he with me. Go to the next verse. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That is the only church. This is the only church that was given the privilege and the possibility of sitting in his throne. Which means the worse that it looks, the higher you can go. The worse off that you might be here today, if you'll allow the faculty to work and connect some dots, God said you can go higher from where you are than where you've ever been in your life. Clap your hands and give him the praise. It ain't over. It ain't even close to being over. But you gotta, you hold on. I, I feel a Cody Marks coming on me. I'm I'm way beyond my notes. I'm in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you. I don't know what kind of church you're looking for. I don't know what kind of pastor you're looking for. But I'm in another world right now. Don't tell me that things are so bad that you that that no, not me, not me. No, no, that's pride. Because when you realize that God said, the lower you get, the higher I'm going to raise you. The higher I'm going to elevate you. The higher I'm going to anoint you. The higher I'm going to seat you. The higher. I'm going to position you. Clap your hands and give him praise. The only church that was given the promise that if you will accept my view of where you are, I want you sitting where I am. I want you sitting right by me. And I want you at the end of the table, Mephibosheth, 
embarrassed and humiliated by being a, a cripple. I want you sitting with me. My last verse is Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18. In the book of Isaiah chapter number 61, arguably the prophet, major prophet Isaiah may have had some of the most graphic and incredible prophecies about the Christ But there was an amazing prophecy that was given by Isaiah that is recorded in Isaiah 61. After Jesus had already soundly defeated the devil and created and established dominion in his earthly ministry, he went into the synagogue and was handed the book of Isaiah. And he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Pure. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty that are bruised. That was the rendering of Isaiah chapter number 61. But when Jesus read that, he added a component that is not recorded by Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind. This is not talking about the human mechanism of sight. This is talking about bringing somebody back from the depths of failure and darkness and giving them their God-given faculty again. The old John Doe sitting in the back Everybody said, well, you know, I'm glad John's here. Old John's never going to amount to a hill of beans because he messed up. Says who? I rebuke that spirit. That is a human spirit that is only seeing one side. <laughs> That's only seeing one side in which this is no longer a church. This is another human club. This is a human get-together. This is a flat. No, this is a supernatural dynamic where God will lift you up and give you back and put you on a rock to stay. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Pastor, I read the Bible. I just, it doesn't make any sense. You're not connecting the dots. Well, I just don't feel like I'm worthy. It has nothing to do with being worthy. It has nothing to do with being deserving. It has nothing to do with carrying some card with an organization. It has everything to do with being a child of God. This promise right here, it so stumped people when he read it that they sought to get rid of him. If you read your Bibles real good, they sought to throw him over the hill. But Jesus moved through the middle of them, given supernatural disguise. The recovering of sight to the blind. I've obeyed God. 
Let's stand. The recovering. This is the only dynamic, a prophetical dynamic, where a person is recovered. And Jesus said, ain't going to be a pastor, ain't going to be a prophet, ain't going to be a missionary. I'm doing this myself. I'm going to restore them by myself. I cannot tell you how many times as a fallen human being that I've dragged myself into the house of God to be amazed and surprised that his embrace was as rich and as deep as it's ever been and his glory and his presence and his power. Where I looked at myself through a set, a lens that was nothing more than a reverberation from the depths of my heart. He said, that's not even close to the truth of how I feel about you. Let's lift our hands. I'm done. I have obeyed God. Our 29th anniversary. Thank you for being here. The Holy Ghost is speaking to people all over this room here today. Helping us not become a performance-oriented Pentecostal, but somebody that's led by the Spirit of God, proving that we are the sons of God and, and, that, and we can see and think and think and feel as the Spirit would have us to do because it's a faculty by the power. Well, Pastor, that's too much for me. That's, I, I didn't know that God wanted me to do that. It's too much responsibility. What kind of church did you think you were in? What kind of movement did you think you were in? God has God is so much bigger than we ever dreamed. Come on, let's lift our hands. I'm done. Brother Jordan, would you help me out, please? Let's play some music. You're tired of where you're at spiritually? This is for you. You're stuck. It was never the will of God that we get stuck. Is the will of God that we find out and see where we're at from an elevated position to connect the dots and modify our behaviors and modify our relationships and modify how I pray and modify how I live and just keep on going and go from faith to faith and victory to victory. This altar is open. eyes of your understanding how important that is and how badly God wants to restore that back to us Tell you what, as a whole congregation, let's come on up to the front. There's let's all let's all come. Come on, you're invited. If you want to stay and pray at your pew, I understand. But to those of you that are, come on, come and come and join us up here. Brother to brother and sister to sister, let's just pray for one another. You may never know a person's in a blind spot. They're stuck. The devil's trying to steal everything. The devil just constantly reminds them of you've done this, you've done that, you've done this. Not in hearing the voice of God and hearing a God that wants to restore.
Let's just find somebody and pray with I've done everything I can do. I've done everything I can do.